Thank you for being here this morning. We're going to go ahead and jump into the message. We're in our Essential Tools series, um, and uh, so we're excited to continue that. We've been basically looking at some tools that I feel like are essential to us and basically relating those tools to some of the tools that um, basically I started out with, tools that I think that probably every home should need. I don't know, um, I kind of mentioned this before, I'm not really a tool guy. Um, but I still think there's some tools that everybody probably needs in their home to help them. And so we've been talking about uh, different tools. Uh, last week we talked about a level. Uh, the week before we talked about a hammer. And this week we have a new tool to talk about and to use. So I'm going to open up my toolbox. And um, last week we, we had a little, little thing going online where I basically said, who's going to guess what the tool is? And uh, I don't think anybody got it, but it was kind of fun to see. So anyway, I don't think anybody knows. Well, some, some people know because they saw the notes already. But for everybody else, any, any guesses? No? Okay, good. All right, so the tool we're going to be talking about today is a tape measure. Okay, a tape measure. Now, now I know during the message I'm going to have a really hard time not doing what I'm doing right now. So if this bothers you, I am apologizing now. I will do it without thinking because I kind of like things in my hand. But tape measure, I always like tape measures. They're fun. They're easy. Um, you know, I always like it when people, I, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've always found people that really, um, you ever watch somebody use a tape measure? Like I've learned you can kind of tell how, how, I don't know if this is the correct term, toolsy they are by the way they use a tape measure. You know, if they're able like to zoom, 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 and they got to do all this sort of funny things, they're really good at it. I obviously am not. So, but tape measures are, are fun, they're important, they're definitely a tool that I think we should have in our home toolbox. And so today we're going to talk about basically what tool spiritually this represents. And I think it's a very important tool that we use. I think it's a tool that quite honestly we don't always think about, but I think it's an important tool that we understand. So before we jump in, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. God, I pray that you would help us during this time. Father, you would help me to share the words you've placed on my heart because God, I believe that, that you've shared these things with me for such a time as this. So, Father, I pray that you'd help me. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so the tool that we're looking at again is the tape measure. And as we kind of get into our notes this morning, the measuring tape or the tape measure relates to the standards of God. Okay, they relate to the standards of God. So we're going to explain this real quickly so you understand. The standards of God relate to the measuring tape. We need it to help us live within the boundaries that God has made for us. In those boundaries, we are protected, blessed, experience more freedom, not less, have joy, have peace, and more. Basically, the life God has destined for you to live in requires the consistency of God's standards. Now, this, this, this was not, I did not know when I was putting all this together that we were going to have this situation today. I didn't know we would be meeting back together, but I do have a situation today that fits very well with this idea of the standards of God, the boundaries of God, and that is, if you've ever seen me before, you know that typically I don't like to stay up in this general vicinity. I'm usually dead on the stairs, I'm down in the, the floor and all that sort of stuff, even when we've done the, the taping, that's usually what I've been doing. But today, I have new boundaries. 
Okay, I have new boundaries, and so I did not, because I, I, I didn't want to get really bogged down. I could have very easily gone out on a Tuesday or whenever and kind of come over here and measured that out and said, okay, I can't cross that line, and then gone on the other side and do that. If, if you notice down here in the front, there's actually little pieces of tape that John and John put down, so when we were recording um, and stuff, I couldn't go past those little lines. Those were my boundaries. And here's what's interesting about that. To be able to do what God wanted me to do and to share the things that God wanted me to share on the camera, I had to live within those boundaries. Right now, I'm going to have to live right in this situation in these boundaries. And what's interesting is we were created for standards. We were created for God's standards and God's boundaries. And that is really something that's kind of in our DNA. And sometimes what we end up doing is we try to fight that. We think we know better. But really, it's, it's kind of that situation. Let me kind of show you how that kind of plays out on a daily basis for us in our lives. Uh, we have a, a home that obviously, or in the back, not obviously, but in the backyard, we have a fence. We have a fenced-in backyard. And what we found is, I've talked to Emily and things like that, and Emily has talked to Easton and kind of communicated, hey, if you want to go out and play in the backyard, you can do it, and she'll let that happen without her back there. But if he wants to play in the front yard, she's got to be out there to watch him. Now, what is the difference between the backyard and the front yard? Really, one major difference. The backyard has a fence. The backyard has a boundary. The backyard has something that contains him, that keeps things in that need to be in, and hopefully keeps things out that need to be kept out. When you go to the front yard, there's no boundaries. There's no standards, if that makes sense. And really what the tape measure does is God uses that to put us in a space and put us in a place where we're safe, where we're taken care of, where everything is, that happens to us is supposed to happen to us. And when we unfortunately leave that boundary, when we leave the measured out space for us, we can kind of miss those things. And what's interesting is a lot of times our human nature has this idea that, boy, if, if you put boundaries around me, if you won't let me leave the stage, that, that is less freedom for me. That is, that is less fun for me. That is less of what I want to do. But usually what we find is that actually it's the opposite. And especially when using this spiritual tool. When we can live within the boundaries of God, within the standards of God, within the laws of God, we actually find that we get to experience more freedom, not less. We actually get to experience more of what God has for us, not less. And that's important to understand. And we need to understand what these boundaries are and what they look like. Let's look at Psalms 17, or excuse me, Psalms 19, 7 through 10. Listen to what Psalms 19 says. It says, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, re reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. Now, let me just stop here for a second. Listen to what we're, we're seeing here in this psalm. The, the standards of God, the, the boundaries of God, what are they? So far, what we've learned is they're perfect, they're trustworthy, they're right, they bring joy to our hearts. Okay, let me, let me ask you something. When was the last time, and I'm asking me too, where I looked at the standards of God and I was like, oh, this is wonderful, I'm so glad God is doing this. We don't usually. We don't because we think that we know better where the markers are. We think that we get to take our own tape measure and measure it out and go, this is where I should be. 
unfortunately, that's not how it always works. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. It says the commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commandments of the commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Hey, question. Do you ever sit there and wonder, what do I do next? Where do I go? We, we talked about this a little bit last week with the wisdom of God. Okay? The commands of God give us insight. They help us to know where to go. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. And listen how this section of Scripture ends. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. So what, 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 what is that honey thing? What's this all about? To, to, to the ancient people, to people that are writing these psalms, honey was the sweetest thing they've ever had in their lives. So you're talking about something that's worth more than anything and is sweet. This is how we should look at the tape measure of God's boundaries in our lives. This is how we should look at these things. I remember as a youth pastor trying to have discussions with teenagers and they wanted to live at times outside the boundaries that God had for them. And I remember them like, well, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I would sit there and I would say, listen, you need to understand something. God has not put you in these boundaries because he's mean or because he wants to keep you from something. He's actually trying to keep you safe. This is a, a understanding of his love for you. Think of it this way. Emily doesn't dis love Easton more because she doesn't want him to play in the front yard alone. It's actually a sign of how much more love she has because she wants to keep him safe. She wants to keep him in those ways. So first and foremost, we need to understand God's standards. We need to understand what those standards are. So we're going to kind of dive into a little bit because I know there's some questions sometimes that we tend to have and actually that we need to understand a little bit better. So we're going to jump into point two, understanding God's standards. According to most theologians, there are three types of laws in the Bible, three types of laws. We need to understand each one a little bit better than usually we do so we understand what standards we need to be really focused in on, okay? So the first one that we see is the civil law, okay? The civil law. And the civil law, this law is dedicated to Israel's daily living and deals with disputes between individuals, okay? You're going to find a lot of these laws in what we call the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, okay? Especially like Leviticus and Deuteronomy and things like that, okay? So these are the civil laws. This is, this is how to handle normal disputes, how to handle things between neighbors and what things look like. So that's the first type of law that we see. The second is we see the ceremonial law. Okay, the ceremonial law. These, these are probably ones that you may be a little more accustomed to. These are the ones that usually that deal with, with sacrifice and cleanliness and things like that. And basically this type of law relates to Israel's worship and it expired with the fulfillment of the priestly work of Christ. Okay, did you ever wonder, you know, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but you ever wonder, why don't we sacrifice animals anymore? Why don't we do the cleansing rituals that basically Jewish people did back then and, and some still uh, follow today? It's because those things we don't follow anymore because of what Christ has done. He was our Passover lamb. He was the one who came and died for our sins once and for all. That's why we don't have to follow those things anymore. Okay? The final one that we need to talk about is the moral law. Okay? So you have the civil law the ceremonial law and the moral law. The moral law 
are direct commands of God and never expire because it is based on God's character. Real simple. If you want to go, Aaron, what's the moral law? Ten Commandments. Moral law. Okay? Now, as Christians today, we need to understand what standards God has for us and what standards God doesn't have for us. Now, let me give you a perfect example. How many of you like this wonderful God-given thing called bacon? Hallelujah. Okay? Now, we eat bacon. But some of our friends that may be Jewish do not. Why? They are following a ceremonial and civil type of law that we don't follow anymore. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay? And I've found things, I've seen things online at times where there's been a lot of people that, that, that maybe have used that idea to Christians saying, well, why don't you follow these laws anymore? Why do, why do you eat bacon? Why aren't you kosher? Why, why do, I even saw one once where basically a, a, a scripture was taken completely out of context, by the way, and basically talked about, you know, tattoos. Like, you know, you had a tattoo and as a Christian, you shouldn't have a tattoo. And now, again, I'm not going to get into how that scripture was taken completely out of context, okay? But, and the same idea, those were laws that we don't follow anymore as Christians, okay? If you want to know more about that, please let me know, because we can talk about, about that. But basically, we have to understand that the guidelines, the boundaries God has given us, still take place in those moral laws, okay? The problem is, is what we're seeing today is something completely different. The problem is, is today we feel like we can have our own tape measure or we don't have to listen to the boundaries and standards that God has laid out for us as individuals and us as culture and as a society. So the number three we're going to look at is we need to understand the standards we see in our culture today. Okay, we need to look and see those things. Okay, and I basically listed a couple, about three different things that we can see today to help us understand this. And the first one is this our culture today tells us that dishonest weights are okay. Dishonest weights are okay. Look at Proverbs 11:1. 1. This is what it says The Lord detests, that's a very, very strong word here. The Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, but he delights in accurate weights. What in the world are we talking about here? Okay? What in the world? Very simply, okay? How many of you have ever seen one of those scales? You know what I'm talking about? Where it's the scale and has one side here and one side here, you know, and those sort of things. What people would do is they would come in and they would say to a, a market person or somebody selling, let's say, grain, and they'd say, I would like to buy a, a, a pound of grain okay, or half a pound of grain or something like that. And what they would do is they would put weights that were standardized weights, weights that they knew weighed that amount. They would put them on one side of the scale, and then on the other side, they would put whatever that person was buying, okay? And so basically, you want a pound of, of grain. Okay, well, this is the standard. Here's, we put all this on, so you, it equals out. Okay, that's a pound. That's what you get. What dishonest people would do and what dishonest merchants would do is they would hollow out those weights. And so they would make them weigh differently than the standard. And so when that would happen, you would come in, I'd say, I want a pound, and they would put those weights on, and you wouldn't actually get what you were paying for. And God is saying, I don't like that, I detest that. 
And when you look at our society today, that's kind of what you see. You, there, there, is no, there is no standard. Why, why was this so important? Is because you trusted that if there was a standard there, you could trust it and know that you were getting what you paid for. Today in our world, our culture says, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you really get what you pay for. It doesn't really matter if there's truth. It doesn't matter if there's a standard. That's what we see today. We basically have this idea that there's no standard. Or if there is a standard, your standard is fine for you, but it's not, no, it doesn't have to be the same for me. Now, there's a big problem with this. Here's what I mean. Let's say I came to you, and, and you're really, really handy. I'm not, so I would come to you to help me do this. And I say, listen, I need you to make me a door frame. And you say, okay, great, I can do that. And I told you that I needed the door frame to fit a specific door in my house. And I said, I need the door frame to be four feet across and seven feet tall. Those are pretty standard measurements, aren't they? And that's what I told you. And you went home and you started to build my door frame. And then you walked up to me and you said, here, here's your door frame. I was like, thank you so much. And because I don't know any better, I go home and I try to put it in. And it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. Well, then I call you up and I say, um, hey, listen, I, I needed this to be this, these dimensions. I needed it to be, you know, I think I said four by seven or something like that. I think maybe I said that. Four by seven, that's what I needed for it to fit. And your response to me is, well, you know, to me, when you say four inches, like, like I don't really agree with that. Like, I'm not really okay with, with that, that, that confining kind of situation in my life. So really, four inches to me is really like five inches to you. And, and you know the seven thing? Well, that, that's the same idea. I, I, so I kind of did it the way I wanted to do it. You realize what would happen when that takes place, don't you? Basically, you just wasted your time building a door I can't use. We're not productive. We're not doing the things that are helping each other. We have to have a standard that is standard across the board. And it comes from God. Listen, it doesn't come from the government. It doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from your knowledge and your wisdom. It has to come from God. It's got to come from Him. He is the one that says, listen, I am the standard. What I say is the standard. And remember, that's not because He's mean. That's not because He's trying to keep you from things. He wants to do something amazing in you. And He wants to bless you. And He wants to keep you safe. But He wants to do that in His boundary that He's laid out for you. But that's the first thing. Culture says, hey, hey, whatever, whatever you want to do, whatever the weights are for you, go ahead. And that's really dangerous in our world. Next, our culture tells us it's okay to move ancient boundary markers. Our world says it's okay to move ancient boundary markers. Look at Proverbs 22, verse 28. It says this, don't cheat your neighbor by moving the ancient boundary markers set up by previous generations. You're going, what? what? Aaron, have you been home too long? What, what has this got to do with anything? Well, let me explain something to you. Back in Joshua, when, when, when God gives the children of Israel the promised land, he marks things out. He boundaries things out. He measures out boundaries for different clans and different tribes and different people. And what, unfortunately, some people were doing, and what you have to be aware of, is some people thought it was okay to move those. To basically say, you know, hey, um, 
you know, I need a little bit more land here. You know, my grapevines are kind of coming. So, so if I, you know, I'll just move this marker. I'll just move it over to the side and nobody will know. It's, it's, it's just a foot. It's just a foot. It's, just, it's not that big of a deal. And when we do that, we're cheating God because we are moving what he set in place. But we're also cheating each other. You know what's sad to me? And I'm just going to be honest with you. Obviously, I, I try to do that all the time, but I just always say that. And I need to be real careful here because I'm not, I'm not trying to throw rocks at anybody, but it's something that really has been really grieving my heart over literally the last about five or ten years. And it's this thought that somehow, in some way, people that have been born basically in the last 30 years are so stinking smart. Actually, let me, go look, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me include me in this. Maybe the last 40 or 50 years, okay? Um, oh, I just aged myself, didn't I? Anyway. Uh, um, there have been people that think that for some reason we now know better than what seems to be literally thousands of years of Christian scholarship, Christian prayer, and Christian understanding of what God's Word says. It is not hard at all to get on the internet and find people that claim to be no Christ that'll say things like, the Bible doesn't matter anymore. Or, you know, this is what they thought it meant, but this is what it really means. And I want us just to stop and just be honest and think about the arrogance of that. Now listen, I am not saying that we can't look at things and see things a little differently. That's not what I'm saying. But these are almost 180 turns from what we have understood to be God's word for thousands of years. Men and women, quite honestly, that will run circles around me and most people theologically and understand. And we somehow today have figured out, well, God's word really doesn't say that. You know, if we really look at the, the Greek translation, you know, really, is that really what it says? And we've decided that it is okay to move ancient boundary markers. Now listen to me. I'm not saying everything that's old is perfect. I'm not saying everything that's old we need to continue to do. What I am saying is we better be careful and be aware that the standards of God are true and right and good, and we better be real careful before we start moving boundary markers that have been set up by people that have heard God's voice and that we need to follow, okay? We need to understand that because I really believe some of the things that we're seeing in our churches today and the confusion that we are showing our world is because somehow we think we can move some boundary markers, and we need to understand our culture saying that's fine. We need to be aware of that. Next, the final one. Our culture tells us we get to make the standards. We get to make the standards. We get to decide where the, the boundaries are. We get to decide where the standards we, we are. We get to get out our own tape measure and measure things out. Look at Isaiah 5.20. What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil that dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. Wow. As I was studying and I found this verse, I was literally like, 
could there be a verse that really describes a little bit where we're at as a culture right now? There, there's no absolutes. There's no, there's no right versus wrong. It may be right to you, but it doesn't have to be for me. Listen, when we understand the standard of God, there is a right and there is a wrong. And here's what's awesome about that. It's not about what's right for me. It's about what God says is right. You see, I don't know. I'm not perfect. I fail. I mess up. But God's standards, as we looked at in Psalms 19, are pure. They're perfect. We can look at him and know that he's not doing these things because he's mad at us or because he wants to keep us bound. He wants to give us more freedom. He wants us to understand his truth so that we can live within the beautiful boundaries that he has set up for us. I remember having these discussions with teenagers and they would say, Aaron, I don't understand. Why can't I sleep with my girlfriend? Aaron, I don't understand. Why is this wrong or right? And I'd say, listen, let me explain something to you. God doesn't keep you from those things because he's mad at you or he wants to keep you from something wonderful he actually wants to keep you from something that'll bring you harm sometimes we look at God as this as this guy who just sits there and and basically has measured all these things out and basically as we look at the the confines of his standards we basically go we have this mindset if I could just get past the line then all the good stuff I can do if I can just get past the line, then I can actually have some fun. He realized that the joy, the peace, the mercy, the grace, all those things don't necessarily take, pass, take place past the line. They take place here. They take place in this moment. How many times, if you think about your life, have God kept you safe? Has God done something amazing? Because you stayed within the measurements. You stayed within where God wanted you to be. And here's the thing. However many you can think of, when we get to heaven, God's going to blow your mind with all of them. God's going to be like, hey, you remember how I said this isn't a good idea? Here's what would have happened if you would have done that. I mean, that petrifies me a little bit to think about. Boy, if I had my own way where I would be and what my life would look at, look like. But here's the thing. We don't get to make our own standards. We don't get to do that. And you know what? Here's the sad thing about this. Let's be honest with you. This is not necessarily just coming from the world's culture. This is coming from the pulpit. I don't like that verse. So I have to figure out a way to make it more palatable. And look, I know you might be sitting there going, well, you know, what's he going to bring up? Listen, I could bring up four or five different things right now, and I'm not going to. But I think we all know some of the things that we've seen in our world today where all of a sudden, somehow, it's okay now. Somehow, there aren't eternal consequences anymore. Because I don't like that way. How many times have I heard this? I won't worship a God who, wants, who will do that. And it's amazing. And, I, and listen, I found a little trick, okay? You go, Aaron, how do I know? How do I know? And this isn't foolproof, but I found something, at least for me, I found something that seems to, to help me in this, okay? And, and, and actually, it's, it's, it's in your notes. Here's how you're going to know. You're going to know something is a lie when it makes less of the Word of God. When it makes less of the Word of God, it's a lie. 
When basically you look at it and they say, well, you know, God's word really doesn't say that. Or God's word isn't really understood in that way. Or, or you don't understand. See, Jesus, when he spoke, he was talking about this. When the word of God is made less, it's a lie. And you know what I found? The opposite is true. When the word of God is made more, it's usually the truth. When we put more emphasis on God's word, when we put more emphasis on the truth of his word, we tend to see something a little different. But listen, we got to have these standards. We've got to live within the boundaries. We've got to be able to do that. So the last thing we're going to look at is this. What do we need to do then to do this? What, what do we need to do to order our life according to God's standards? Okay, we, we, we need to do that. We need to order our life according to his standards. But how do we do that successfully? How do we do that successfully? There's, I think, I think I have one, two, three, four, four items. I thought maybe I had five, but I, went, I took one off. Four items here that I think we need to understand. Number one, number one, I think this is where we start. We need to start here. Number one, realize why God's standards and following them is so important. Okay, we need to, we need to figure out why, why is this matter? Why does it matter that we follow God's standards? It's real simple, really. Listen to Romans 3. A lot of us know this verse, but it's a great one. Romans 3.23. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Notice that. God's standard. We've all messed up. We've all sinned. Yet God in His grace freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty of our sin. Here's the issue here. Here's why the enemy, and, and we're going to talk a lot about the enemy in these last couple things because I think this is a definite major battleground situation that the enemy is trying to do. If the enemy can remove God's standards, if the enemy can say you can do what you want, when you want, there's no right, there's no wrong, you know what that really means? There's no sin. And if there's no sin, there's no grace. If we haven't sinned, there's no reason for Jesus to come. There's no reason for us to turn our lives over to him and say, you know what, God, I'm a sinner and I need you. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. We need to understand that. Unless you acknowledge the reality of sin, you'll never get to experience the beauty of grace. You'll never get to do it. And it hurts and it breaks my heart to look at our world and see people who basically rejected God's standard and say, I, don't, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. It doesn't matter who I hurt. It doesn't matter what it does. All that matters is me and what I want and what I want to do. And you know what? I, I, I grieve that because I know the beauty of the grace of God. I know the amazingness of going, God, I have messed up. I have screwed up. God, I have sinned. And I am in a bad place. And having God's grace wrap me up in his arms and say, it's okay. You're forgiven. You're loved. You're mine. What's the world need right now? They need Jesus. But the problem is, is when we have taken sin out of the equation, when we have basically destroyed God's standards for our lives, there's no need for grace. There's no need. Listen, I'm, I am not, you know this, I am not the guy that says, let's get on a sandwich board and shake a Bible with people in the corner and say, you're all going to hell and, and, and you're going today. But I am for saying, you know what? There's a standard. There is right and there is wrong. And it's not based on man's wisdom. It's based on the wisdom of God. I want you to think about our world for just a minute. Can you imagine? You know, you hear these things about making things better, and I'm all for that, obviously, obviously. But you know what would really 
really change a lot of stuff? If everybody on the planet just followed 10 commandments that God gave in the book of Exodus, can you imagine how our world would change? Why? Because those are God's standards. Because God said, this is what's right and this is what's wrong. This isn't okay and this is. And when we do mess up, we can go experience grace. Look at Romans. You know what Romans is all about in a lot of ways? I'm simplifying it here. But it's an understanding of the law. and understanding what the law could not do, only grace could do. Only Jesus could do it. But I want us to experience the beauty of God's grace. But we've got to understand first the reality of sin. Number two, we need to recognize the spiritual battle for truth. Recognize the spiritual battle for truth. Listen to me. Hear me here. Okay? I know I've been talking a lot about what's going on in the world and, and all that. But listen, if you do not see the spiritual battle that is going on, you need to check your spiritual pulse. Okay? I'm not saying that we need to get into some, some cuckoo stuff, but there is, there is a battle that is raging. And I, I've heard someone say this before. You will only understand your life when you understand that it is in the midst of a battle for your soul. Okay? Understand. Look at John 8. In John 8, now we were just talking about this a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago. We were looking at John 8 when we were looking at the I am statements of Jesus. Okay? And so this is important. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if, if, big if, you are my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. What is that? Standards of God. Laws of God. Okay? Those things that we need to live our lives for. And then we get this amazing promise. Here's the issue sometimes, folks. We will look at John 8.32 and we'll go, yeah, and forget to read John 31. And we've taken it out of context when we do that. But this is what he says then in verse 32. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What is the truth? What truth are we going to know? How can we know the truth? Simple, by remaining faithful to the teachings of Jesus. By living within those beautiful boundaries that God has set up for you and for me. By saying, you know what, God, you know best and I want that. That's why I said earlier, you know what, when we live in those boundaries, we get more freedom, not less. We get to experience more goodness, not less. We get to experience those things which are amazing. But you know what? There's a battle going on. And there was a battle even going on in Jesus' day. Because in, later on in verse 8, Jesus now is speaking to the Pharisees. Remember we talked about this. The Pharisees were also around when Jesus was having this discussion in John chapter 8. And so now he turns and he talks to the Pharisees in basically John 8, 44. And this is what he says. For you are the children of your father the devil. Strong words. And you love to do the evil things he does. Now remember who he's talking to here. Okay? He's talking, and I'll be personal, he's talking to the pastors of the day. He's talking to the theologians of the day. He's talking, to make it even more broad, he's talking to the Christians, quote-unquote, of the day. Okay? He's not talking to the, the, the sinner down on the corner. He's not talking to the prostitute. He's talking to the Pharisees. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. 
When he lies, it is constant with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. There is a battle raging between the truth and a lie. There is a battle that is taking place right now, and you need to understand that. And here's the thing you need to understand more than anything. There is a battle for truth because the enemy hates truth. Hates truth. Despises truth. Why are we seeing all that we're seeing? Why are we seeing the destruction of God's standards? Because the enemy hates truth. He hates it. He hates truth because the enemy hates truth freedom. The enemy hates freedom. If he can get you to believe a lie, then he can rob you of your liberty. He can rob it. Because here's the thing, if you have your own standards, you don't have to follow the standards of Jesus. And if you don't have to follow the standards of Jesus, and you don't follow the standards of Jesus, you will not have the freedom that that truth brings. And if you do not have the truth that that brings, you will live your life in bondage. Because the only thing that brings true freedom is living within the standards of God. Understanding that we are sinners. That we need His grace. We need His forgiveness. But you know what? The enemy is battling for that. The enemy knows that if he can get us to believe a lie, how much will be lost? It is a spiritual battle. And we need to understand that. Number three, we need to run in the direction of truth. Run in the direction of truth. Look at Psalms 119.20. I am always overwhelmed with a desire for your regulations. What a, what, a, what a beautiful way to put it. I am overwhelmed. Why, why in Psalms 19 is the writer overwhelmed with it? I'll tell you why. I think he desires it because he knows what amazing things God does when we live within the boundaries of his love and of his mercy and of his grace and of his freedom. He wants more of it, and we should want more of it. We should desire that in our lives. Not run from it, but run towards it. Run towards it. And the final one, we need to relate truth to your, relate truth to your relationship with God. Relate truth to your relationship with God. Look at Psalm 16, 6 and 7a. It says, the boundary lines, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Do you realize that? Do you realize, like, like right now, I'm, I'm trying so hard not to go down these stairs. Like, this is not a pleasant place for me because I'm, I, but you know what? The boundary lines that God has set for you, they are in pleasant places. They are in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I praise, I will praise the Lord who consoles me, counsels me, excuse me. When we understand that, when we understand and we take this understanding and put it in the context of the relationship of God that he wants to have for us, it can help us in this. You see, if we see God as this guy with a stick who's just ready to beat us over the head as soon as we dare to move our toe over the line, we will have a harder time understanding this concept. However, if we can see God as he is, as a loving father who takes us and puts our boundaries and measures them out in pleasant places, we're going to be more apt to follow and stay where God wants us to stay. John, if you want to come on up, we're going to close.
You see, something we need to understand, and it'll be on the screen in just a second, and if we can really understand this, it'll help us so much. It's simply this. You know what? Our Father knows best. Our Father knows best. I, I, I don't really remember seeing it. Um, I, I just heard about it. I think there was a show called Daddy Knows Best, I think, at some point in time. What was it? Father Knows Best. There you go. See, I, see, a week ago, I would have been sitting here just going, ah, and you would have been screaming at the TV, you know. This is so much nicer. I love it. Yeah. Father knows best. You know what? It, that sounds somewhat simplistic. And look, that's hard sometimes for us to get today because none of our fathers are perfect. None of them. T next week is Father's Day, and we're going to celebrate our fathers, and, and we're not going to celebrate a single perfect one. We're not going to celebrate a single perfect earthly father. They do not exist. But we have a perfect heavenly father who knows best. And sometimes I get it. Sometimes we think we know. Sometimes we go, you know what? Is it really that big of a deal for me to go down these stairs? Is, that really, is it really that big of a deal? You know what? This is my boundary right now. And, and, and yes, this is a... A, a, a different type of representation of that. But spiritually speaking, I believe that God for all of us has measured out some space. And he said, you know what? I love you very, very much. And I know that you think you could go all the way back to the baptismal, but you know what? This is, this is where I need you to be. This is, this is the space I have for you. And, and I don't keep you there because there's something just absolutely awesome and incredible and wonderful that I'm keeping you from on the baptismal. In fact, what's really back there is death. It's pain. You know what's interesting? When you look at the very beginning and you look at the sin of Adam and Eve, you, could, you can boil it down to a lot of things and pride and all that. But you know, what, you, know, you know what I see in that? I see the serpent, I see the enemy questioning the standard of God. I see the enemy looking at Eve and Adam and saying, you know, I think God's holding out on you. You know why he really doesn't want you to do that? Because he knows the moment you do it, you will have your eyes open and you'll be like him. You'll know good from evil. Listen, folks, the enemy is brilliant. Don't misunderstand me here. But hear me in this. He doesn't have a lot of new material. He doesn't need it. <laughs> We're still doing the same silly things that happened in the garden. Sometimes I talk to people, I'm like, boy, when I get to heaven, man, I'm going to have me a discussion with Adam and Eve. You know, how did you really, you really mess this up? Yeah, because we would have done so much better. How do I know that? Because we do that right now. Look at our world today. We're saying, you know, God, God's standard doesn't really matter. Think about this. Where did that moment take place? It took place in a garden. In a beautiful place where God said everything is very good. But even in that moment, God said, listen, I got, I'm giving you a standard. There's a tree. You don't eat that tree. You can eat everything else. Think about the freedom that was. The freedom that they had. 
They would walk with God in the cool of the day. Listen, think about it. The thing that we want, the thing we're striving for, they had. And remember something, folks. God didn't take them and put them in heaven and say it was very good. He put them in a garden and said it was very good. Heaven's going to pass away, folks. God's going to restore, if this would make sense, Eden. And it's going to be glorious. New heaven, new earth. Awesome. And they had it. All they had to do was acknowledge that there was a standard. All they had to do was acknowledge, my Father knows best. And they failed for one bite of a fruit. And here's what's interesting. When that happened, freedom was lost. They realized they were naked. Shame came into the world. Sin came into the world. Death came into the world. Why are we seeing what we're seeing in our world today? Because a long, long time ago, somebody thought they knew better than God. Somebody said, you know what? God's standards don't apply to me. God's holding out. Why do we see our world falling apart? It's because sin has ravished our world. Because broken people do broken things. And we don't even understand that because we've decided that there are no standards anymore. But if we can live our lives with this concept of, you know what? My Father knows best. You know what Eve could have done? And I'm not blaming Eve. It would have been, if it had been Aaron instead of Eve, Aaron had made the same dumb mistake. I almost guarantee it. But you know what her response should have been? I'm not touching that tree. I'm not eating that tree. And you know why? Because my Father knows best. Because I believe in the place that He's measured out for me. You know what's amazing if you think about it? I don't know. I, the Bible doesn't record it. I don't know. But, but, but it says it was a tree. One tree within a garden. You know what that means? You know what the boundary was? Maybe. And, and, and we'll, we'll be generous. Maybe the boundary was, was the size of from here to back there. Maybe it was a big tree. Let's just say it was a big tree. And that was it. The rest, they could move and they could live and they could walk with God and experience all these, eat whatever they wanted, play with a tiger. I mean, come on. You gotta be honest, man. We're getting to heaven. We're getting, I'm gonna play with some animals. That's gonna be awesome. It was perfect. There's a reason why we call it, you know, it's called paradise in a lot of ways. And we traded it in for a little square that we thought because we thought we knew better. Listen, it is time, folks, for the men and women of God in this world to start embracing the standards of God again. Because you know what? The world doesn't need, I'm sorry, the world doesn't need a bunch of wishy-washy people that don't even know what they believe. We need to stand up and say, no, there is a difference between right and wrong. There is a difference between light and darkness. How do I know that? Because God's word has told me. Because I use the hammer, I use God's word, and I use my level to understand it, to get the wisdom to understand God's word. If you haven't noticed, we're going in order for a reason. And now we've got to be understanding that in that understanding.
understanding of God's Word and the wisdom that we can measure out those standards. But listen, that's counterculture. I get that. And you know me. I'm not sitting, let's, let's stand on the street corner and scream at people. It starts with us. We start by living in the standards. We start by living our lives that way. And when we begin to see the freedom, the love, the grace, the mercy, the, the home, then other people see that and they go, oh my goodness. Wow. We understand that we follow those standards because we love God. And He loves us. So will you pray with me? Will you just pray with me right now? For those that are at home and those that are here, let's just pray, okay? And let's pray that God will help us in this because it's, it's not easy and live in that place. Father, we love you. God, we thank you. You're so good. And God, the bottom line is, is you have given us some standards. You have measured out a space. You've put some boundaries in our life, not because you're mean, not because you want to keep us from something, but because you love us and because you know best. And so, Father, right now, I pray that we would embrace those things. God, if we're sitting here and go, well, I don't really know what truth is. I don't really know what, 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 what those things are. That's fine. That's okay. But then let's get in your word and find out. Let's begin to study your word and find out. Let's find the wisdom of God in that. Let's go to people that have more wisdom in us and look at it. Let's not move ancient boundary markers. Let's not act like there isn't a truth or a standard. Instead, Father, let's look to you because you have the answers. The truth that will set us free is found in you, nothing else. So let us live that way. Let us experience that in you. And let's let it change us. Let's let it change us. Father, we love you and we thank you. You're so good. And I thank you so much. We love you. In Jesus' name. listen. Thanks for being here this morning. I know that things are a little bit different. I know probably when you walked in, you were like, whoa, this is weird. Um, but thanks for being here. Um, again, we're going to try to have everybody kind of head out that door when you're ready. And please continue to follow the guidelines that are set forth uh, for us. Um, but I'm so glad that you're Can here. I'm so glad to see you all. Okay. Oh yeah, sure. Go ahead. Um, I, I, the Facebook people were having a hard time hearing this morning, so I just want you guys to know that we're, we'll work on it this week and we'll get it all fixed up uh, and all that kind of stuff. So just so they know that we'll work on that for this next week because uh, they were having a little bit of a hard time hearing this stuff. Hearing, so. okay. Guys, we're sorry about that. We're still kind of learning. Um, just so you know, we also will, and I'll, I'll send out an email as well so everybody knows. Um, and if you want to help me with this as well, if maybe you hear somebody say, I, I couldn't hear or whatever, there, there will be the message be put up online that'll look a little bit more like we have been doing. Um, but please be patient with us. We're kind of learning as we go, trying to make sure that we can do both and things like that. So again, thank you for being here. I love you guys. It's great to see you. I hope you have a great week. Thanks.